listening to the podcast 82488. They warned that the crowd near the White House was massive, much larger than expected. I flipped on my handheld MPD radio. I also carried an FBI radio because I worked so closely with the Bureau on Violent Crime in Washington. The law enforcement radio frequencies were strong enough to reach my mom's house in Alexandria. And on the main MPD channel, I heard a call sign I'd recognized. And that was a selection from today's book, a memoir, Hold the Line, The Insurrection and One Cop's Battle for America's Soul by author Michael Fanone and John Schiffman. Page 8. He couldn't control his fellow Republicans. People are held accountable by their constituents. I tried to lead in certain directions. I interrupted. You've got a platform to call out the BS. I bore my eyes into the career politician's face and let loose. While you were on the phone with Trump, I was getting the crap kicked out of me. I asked McCarthy why he would take credit for Trump's pathetic, half-hearted, late-afternoon video address to his followers. I said, Trump says to his people, this is what happens when you steal an election. Go home. I love you. What the duck is that that came from the President of the United States? How can you defend this man? Mrs. Zicknick asked. It's mind-boggling. McCarthy said his members wanted a broader mandate for any January 6th commission, one that would also study riots that occurred during the Black Lives Matter protests. I'm a white cop, and I guess he assumed I would help them link BLM with January 6th, creating a false equivalency. I didn't take the bait. Instead, I laid a trap of my own. I told him that my MPD partner, Jeff Leslie, narrowly escaped during a BLM protest after someone placed a Molotov cocktail under his squad car. McCarthy nodded sympathetically and enthusiastically as I explained how the politically charged BLM protest created incredibly difficult and violent challenges for the police. Then I reminded him that no one from BLM engaged in sedition, trying to overthrow the U.S. Capitol and trying to overthrow a CVS are two very different things, I told McCarthy. My partner understands that, and most police officers and most Americans understand that, too. Incredibly, I told the Republican leader, we were now six months past January 6th, and neither the city 
the mayor nor Congress had bothered to do anything to recognize the brave work of law enforcement defending the Capitol. These officers feel abandoned, I said. Law enforcement is in a dire, dire place. Page 24. Something about planes hitting a building. We were only three blocks from the White House. A few minutes later, we heard sirens and squad cars converging in that direction. Then the air horn blew, and our foreman announced the job site was closed for the day. I headed over to my dad's law office a few blocks away. When I arrived, lawyers, secretaries, and paralegals were huddled in a conference room around a small TV. We watched replays of the Twin Towers attack in silence. One day, while waiting to catch a bus to work, I saw an advertisement for the U.S. Capitol Police. It looked cool, though most of what I knew about the police came from my grandfather and watching Beverly Hills Cop and Lethal Weapon. The way I saw it at the time, movie cops seemed just like modern cowboys, except that instead of riding horses, they drove really expensive sports cars and crashed them into stuff. They lived in campers on the beach, carried guns, arrested jerks, and scored hot babes. What was not to like? I was 21, but still just a boy. In those days, all you needed to get hired by the Capitol Police was a clean record and a high school degree. The District of Columbia had a special program for older teens who wanted to finish their high school degree in person. It was located at a nearly all-black school called Balu in one of the city's most dangerous neighborhoods. I was the only white boy in my class. The Capitol Police hired me in 2002. They sent me to the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Georgia, where just about every government agency except the FBI and DEA sends recruits to learn the law, investigative techniques, driving tactics, and firearm use. At FLETC, I trained alongside men and women headed to the Amtrak Police, the Border Patrol, the Park Police, the Marshals Service, the Bureau of Prisons, and agencies as obscure as the Federal Reserve Police. Our class was filled with people inspired by 9-11 to serve their country. One of my fellow Capitol Police trainees had quit a high-paying Wall Street gig to sign up. At that point in my life, I was hardly what you'd call a fan of authority. Age 88. Going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down.
because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Trump was speaking around 1 p.m. when I started receiving text messages from MPD cops already on the job. They warned that the crowd near the White House was massive, much larger than expected. I flipped on my handheld MPD radio. I also carried an FBI radio because I worked so closely with the Bureau on Violent Crime in Washington. The law enforcement radio frequencies were strong enough to reach my mom's house in Alexandria. And on the main MPD channel, I heard a call sign I'd recognized, Cruiser 50. It was Commander Robert Glover, the head of our Special Operations Division, which includes the CDU crowd control units. I have a lot of respect for Glover. He's smart, dedicated, resourceful, and all about the job. He's also a savant. I've teased him that he's like Rain Man when it comes to the tactical deployment of officers. Has the mall cleared up? A dispatcher asked. Negative, Glover responded. The crowd is shifting to the Capitol. We're supporting Capitol Police on the West Front. The Capitol's West Terrace faces the mall and Washington Monument. Every four years, a stage and scaffolding are erected on the West Terrace for the presidential inauguration. By January 6, 2021, much of it was already set up. From that side of the Capitol, the central entrance is the Lower West Terrace Tunnel. It's where the new president emerges on Inauguration Day to take the oath. I was not alarmed by Glover's initial broadcast. At that point, all I knew was that Trump protesters had shifted to the Capitol and that the the end hold the line the insurrection and one cop's battle for America's soul Michael Fanon John Schiffman Throughout the light of literature you will find a story that touches your soul please support the authors in this show by viewing the books on the website 82488 Dot com. That's numbers 824, the word 80.